0: What is something that you know you need to do and you're like, I just don't want to do it? Like, you know you need to do it because it's going to make you a better person. It's going to make your closest relationships better. Like, overall, you just know you need to do that, but you don't want to do it. We all have that thing. Joseph Campbell calls it the refusal of accepting the call to go on the hero's journey. We're going to talk about that. We're starting a new series today. Uh, called At the Movies, and what we're talking about how is, is sometimes movies have a way of helping us see a truth in Scripture that we normally just sort of uh, uh, gloss right over. And so what, what happens is that sometimes it takes a story outside of Scripture to help us understand the story Inside of Scripture. So that's what we're going to be doing in the series. We're going to be using four different movies that have a powerful way to illustrate something in Scripture. Today we're going to be talking about Walter Mitty and what is called The Hero's Journey. Now, Joseph Campbell released a book in 1949 called The Hero of a Thousand Faces. And Joseph Campbell, what he did is he researched all of the world's great stories, religious stories, epic novels, screenplays, movies, And he found that there was a common theme that ran through all of them. And the reason we're talking about them today is the theme just isn't found in books, but it's found in your life and in mine. That this is, this theme is called, according to Joseph Campbell, the hero's journey. And what I want you to do is I want you to grab someone right next to you if you can, grab a pen and a piece of paper. I need you to buddy up real fast. Can you do that right now? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through what Joseph Campbell calls the 12 steps of the hero's journey. going to go real fast, just going to be a few minutes. What I'm going to do is I'm going to illustrate these steps with movies, but what I want you to do is that when you think of that step, I want you to think about a movie, I want you to think about a book, a play, something like that. And then what I want you to do is I want you to think about your own life. Because we just don't go on one hero's journey in our lives, we go on many different hero's journeys. And so as I go through each of these steps, I want you to sort of write down, yeah, that's where I am right now. So think of a movie, think about something in your own life. Let's go through Joseph Campbell's 12 steps of the hero's journey. The hero's journey always begins in the or step number one, the ordinary world. Everything is going on just fine where Luke Skywalker is, He's just a normal guy. Dorothy is just a regular teenage girl. Rocky is some no-name boxer working in a meat factory in Philly. Katniss is just a normal teenager. And Harry Potter is just a regular 11-year-old boy. They're living their lives like you're living your life right now. It is the status quo. It is where you are, not where you want to be. Step number two is always the call to adventure. Have you ever noticed in a book or in a story how many people are called or summons or drawn in to go on an adventure. There's like Old Testament. It goes throughout Scripture. Old Testament, Adam, or Abraham is called by God to move to Israel to start what we call the Christian faith. The Lord God said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. Go on a great journey. What movies can you think of where the hero or the heroine was called to go on an adventure. A distress call was sent from Princess Leia. Tributes were selected. Rocky gets asked to fight the champ. Hagrid appears, and Harry finds out he's actually a wizard. Neo is told to follow the white rabbit. Nemo is captured in a net by scuba divers. All the heroes get a call, but just like you and me in every single story... The hero says, nah, bra, I'm good. Don't want to do it. I absolutely don't want to do it. Because the third step is the refusal of the call. I'm not going to accept that call to change that particular part of my life. No, thank you. I'm perfectly fine right now. Drop the mic. I walk away. Every single person that's had a hero's journey says at some point, nah, I'm good. Just think of Rocky when he says he can't do it. Odysseus when he fakes insanity to get out of the Trojan War. Luke Skywalker when he says he has crops to take care of. He can't get involved in this. But eventually every hero gets miserable and says, you know what, I'll do it. And as soon as that happens, they meet the mentor. Think of in a movie or a play when the hero in the story suddenly meets someone out of the blue. Rocky meets who? Who's his trainer? We're in Philadelphia, people. Rocky meets Mickey, right? And Mickey shows him how he's going to beat the champ. Luke meets Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Katniss meets Haymitch. Neo meets Morpheus, right? They all meet a mentor. They all meet a guide. And they become the guide for the journey. If you haven't seen the movie, The Green Book, excellent movie. The piano player meets Tony, the driver, who is his guide. Eventually then, once they meet the mentor together, they cross the threshold. They say, we're going to fix this thing. We're going to go, we're going to address this thing. And it takes them someplace else. In The Green Book, they go into the deep south. Dorothy leaves Kansas for... Ah, as Katniss leaves the district and goes to the capital city, Luke Skywalker leaves the planet, Harry goes to Hogwarts, and Woody and Buzz get left at, come on people, you know this, the pizza planet. Thank you very much. That's the last question I'm going to ask there. <laughs> Along the way, on this journey, you meet friends, right, and foes, and you have trials together. Harry meets her, Hermione. Katniss meets Gail. Simba meets Timon and Pumbaa. Luke Skywalker meets Han Solo and Chewbacca. Dorothy meets the three people. Come on, lean over to the person next to you. What were the three people? The Cowardly Lion, the Scarecrow, and the Tin Man. Thank you very much. As they journey together, they eventually start to approach the inmost cave where the conflict is going to come. As they approach the inmost cave, the fears start to arise. Katniss comes up out of the ground and appears with the other tributes and awaits the countdown to zero when they're all going to go and grab their weapons. Rocky leaves the room and he enters a crowd that's booing him. Dorothy approaches the wizard. Harry and his friends have to get past Fluffy the scary dog. And then the step eight, the primal conflict. It's the place where the battle takes place. Where our hero has to enter... The heart of darkness, the evil lair of the enemy. Joseph Campbell calls this the belly of the whale, where the showdown happens. Neo has to go back into the matrix to rescue Morpheus. Dorothy has to face the wicked of the West, wicked witch of the West. Rocky has to face Apollo Creed. Sheriff Brody has to face the shark, and Odysseus has to face his wife's suitors. But ultimately, the hero wins the day. They win the battle, and then they realize. Oh crap, we gotta get back home. They have the payoff, and then Step 10 is the road back. Dorothy's gotta to get to Kansas. Buzz and Woody, gotta get back to Andy's room. Sheriff Brody and Richard Dreyfus have to swim back to shore, and Forrest Gump has to take the bus to Jenny's house. That's the way it works. <laughs> you gotta get back home. But finally, the whole point of the story is that the character undergoes a resurrection, they change. Either an actual resurrection or they've changed in who they are. Rocky realizes he's not some chump from South Philly. He's actually somebody. He gets the girl. Dorothy comes back with a new appreciation for her loved ones. Neo has a literal resurrection. Luke Skywalker is now living as a Jedi Knight. But the end of the story is not that they're changed. The end of the story is that they come back in the last step, a gift for others every hero suffers get this every hero suffers in the hero journey not because god delights in people suffering but that by going through the belly of the beast through the painful ordeal they come out with something to share with other people The evil empire has been dealt a blow. Katniss stuck it to the capital, and people have hope. Rocky has shown underdogs everywhere. But the fact is, you need to understand, as Christians, we sort of bristle at the idea that we might be called heroes, obviously, in our culture. You think of police officers and people. But every single person here, Scripture teaches, is on a hero's journey. And you ought not bristle at the word hero, because in every single story, the hero is the person that suffers. That's what they were trying to avoid. Just think of Scripture, for instance. The Apostle Paul, here's a call, right? Saul, while he's breathing out murderous threats, the Lord appeared to him, shone a big light, blinded him, gets knocked down on the road to Damascus. He's introduced to his mentor, Ananias who baptizes him and teaches him. He goes off for three years in the belly of the beast and comes out a changed person with a gift. Think of Jesus. Jesus met his mentor. Who was Jesus' mentor? John the Baptist. He was called when? At his baptism. He gathered friends. He encountered foes, the Pharisees. He approaches the inmost cave as he approaches Jerusalem, and he dies there in a primal conflict. He raises from the dead and he gives us the gift of eternal life. The story of the hero's journey is universal because all it is is it's a secular way of talking about the change that you and I know that we need to make in our lives and we don't want to make. I want you to think about some people right now who are facing a hero's journey that they refuse to go on in their marriage. They're living their lives as normal. They meet someone And they're like, eh, she's pretty hot, or he's pretty hot. They kind of get acquainted. At some point, they're like, yeah, no, we're not going to do this. We're not answering the call. But eventually, they answer the call. They meet a mentor. They meet friends. They undergo some tests. But every single person that's ever been married in this room reaches a point in their relationship where they ask the question, are we actually going to make it? Because the only way we're going to make it is we are going to go through The belly of the beast through the cave through the primal conflict where we're going to be addressing the things that we don't want to address in our marriage there are just a lot of people here because it's normal that we are going to go and answer the call but then we're going to get down to the point where we're going to actually address the stuff that we need to address and you're like yeah i'm good i like i wanted to go this far but i don't want to go that far I don't want to address communication patterns. I don't want to address sexual dysfunction. I don't want to address uh, addiction. I don't want to address communication patterns. This is as far as I'm going to go. And hey, well, at least we're together. It's better than everybody else. But the fact of the matter is, the reason people are heroes is because they complete the hero's journey. I want to speak to those of you who have addictions. Let's imagine someone is an alcoholic. They're drinking. Everything's fine. They have no plans on stopping. Outside forces break in, and they accept a call to stop drinking. It may last a day. It may last a week. It may last a month, but they know that a mentor is going to appear. They're going to accept the call. They're going to find supportive friends. They're going to face trials, but at some point, they're going to go through the belly of the beast and address what drove them to drink in the first place. But the people who are willing to go through it come out on the other side changed and they have something to give other people. I want to ask you, what is it that you don't want to address? What is the call that you don't want to accept? Or maybe you've accepted the call and now you don't want to actually deal with the stuff. What's holding you back? Here's why I'm talking about all of this. This is why I'm bringing up the hero's journey. We only about hear about the heroes who complete their journeys because the people who don't complete their journeys. How many of us know that God is asking us to do something, address something, change something, be something, or become something? Like, you just, I'm living in the ordinary world, but I'm willing to go to this new place if it means I can change. But i got to be honest, I don't want to do that. It's just, it's just too hard. We're too fearful because we don't know enough, we're not confident enough, we don't have what it takes, it's going to be scary, it's going to be painful, it's going to be too long, it's going to require too much from us. Listen to what Joseph Campbell, listen to the way he describes people who refuse to answer the call. Often in actual life and not infrequently in the myths and popular tales, we encounter the dull case of the call unanswered. For it is always possible to turn the ear to other interests. Refusals of the summons converts the adventure into the negative. In other words, when you refuse to do what God is calling you to do, the call to adventure becomes the negative. He continues, Refusal of the summons converts the adventure into its negative. Walled in boredom or people escaping through hard work or culture The subject loses the power of significant affirmative action and becomes a victim to be saved. His flowering world becomes a wasteland of dry bones, of dry stones, and his life feels meaningless. This is why I know this resonates with everybody that's listening to this, is because you are being called to do something, and we all know what it tastes like to be in a place where it's feeling meaningless right now. This flowering world becomes a wasteland inside. Did you hear that? When you refuse to take that job, you refuse to stay and work it out, change that thing in your relationship, address the elephant in the room, refuse to chase the dream, go ahead and you, you put off getting baptized or starting that group or writing that book or volunteering that ministry or leading that new effort something happens inside of the heart of the hero, and it's very, very bad. This is why we don't see movies about heroes who don't go through with the adventure. It's because they're in constant, meaningless misery. When you refuse to answer God's call in your life, you cease to be the hero in your own story, and you become a victim that needs to be saved. My favorite verse in the Bible is Joshua 1 9. My favorite verse of all time. If there's such a thing as a life verse, that's my life verse. It's the verse that I've memorized, and I keep repeating it over and over and over again when I get in situations when I need to hear it. It says this Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You want to know why that's my life verse? Because I'm a chicken. Whenever I face a situation and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to address this in my personal life or in my marriage or in my relationship with my kids or in my finances or in my health or in my job or whatever. And I'm like, it would, it, honestly, I just want to stay right here because that's painful going down there. And I just want to stay right here. I'm fine. I'm way better than most people. But God's like, I'm not, I'm not worried about most people. God's not worried about most people with you. He's worried about you. And if you just content yourself saying over here, you know, I could be honest, I'm way better than most people on this particular thing. God's like, you're missing it. There's this, there's this thing I want to send you through to have you come out and help other people on the other side. This is why I absolutely love my favorite movie in the entire world The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. If you have not seen this movie, please take what we've talked about today and go look at this movie, because sometimes it takes something outside of Scripture to remind us and teach a truth that is inside Scripture, which is why we're doing what we're doing. So Walter Mitty is this negative asset manager for Time magazine. In other words, he's the guy that gets pictures sent to him with negatives, and he takes the negatives and he stores them away. That's his job. But while he's doing this, over more than a decade, he's looking at these pictures that other people are taking in all of these other adventures, and he starts to become jealous of their life, of what they did to actually get in the position to take this picture. Because deep down, he wants to be that person going on that adventure. So what he does instead is when he looks at this picture, whenever a picture is sent in, he'll go off an adventure in his mind which is where we, in our hero journey, usually get all messed up. We will think, someday I'm going to do that. And I'll just content myself in my mind, thinking about it and planning it and scheduling and reading about it and talking about it instead of actually asking her out on a date. I will actually just do it in my mind. Doing that job in my mind going to that place in my mind, having that hard conversation with my kid in my mind. Life's Magazine's motto, that, that this is the company he's working for, to see the world, things dangerous to come, to see behind walls, draw closer to find each other and to feel, that is the purpose of life. Well, the magazine gets shut down, gets bought out, and they're closing it down, and they're going to turn it to an online website. But they have the opportunity to publish one remaining, one remaining magazine, one last one. And so they go to Walter and they say, our our Sean O'Connell, the world-famous photographer who has sent us time after time after time wonderful pictures, has sent a picture, he sent it to you, go get us that picture and bring it to us because we're going to put it on the cover of the last issue. And he goes to look for the picture and he can't find it. And when he realizes that he can't find it, his, the girl that he, that guy she, he's talking to that he really likes but he won't ask on a date says, well, you need to go and you need to go find it. And so what circumstances do, just like all of us in our hero journey, circumstances come down on him and force him to go retracing the steps of Sean O'Connell, the adventure photographer all around the world, retracing the steps. And so slowly you start to notice this bookish, quiet, reserved, non-adventurous man being forced to face challenges that show him what he's really made of. So Walter Mitty fights a shark. He runs from an erupting volcano. He skates, skateboards down a mountain. He hikes the Himalayas all while looking for Sean O'Connell tracing the steps of someone who actually is adventurous instead of actually living in his head and in the process he discovers himself he becomes the hero in his story he always wanted to be for other people in his lives or in his lives he becomes the brave man that he always wanted to be and so i just want to tell you something this morning do not be afraid Joshua 1 9. This thing that you don't want to face, this conversation you don't want to have, the price that you don't want to pay. Joseph Campbell said this Follow your bliss, and the universe will open doors for you where there are only walls. Where there were only walls. Now, this sounds like some stupid, cheesy quote you would see on Pinterest or Instagram, right? Follow your bliss and the universe will open doors for you where there were only walls. I get that. I know how that sounds. That's not at all what Joseph Campbell is saying. Joseph Campbell is saying, is if you, if you, when you accept the call to adventure, it makes you come alive inside. So he, that's what he means by the bliss. That according to Campbell, when you follow your bliss, when you accept the call, the road is going to be fraught with trials and pain and suffering. But it's also the road where you meet new friends, where you experience unspeakable joy, and you become brave. You become the person that deep down inside you know you can become. You know you can do this. You know you're not going to be alone. You know you don't have to be afraid. And so what I want to do is I'm going to conclude by playing what, to me, is one of the most satisfying scenes of any movie I've I've ever seen. It's the scene that shows Walter's transformation, the 11th step, the, the resurrection. He's changed. He's been spending his entire adult life in a dark room looking at pictures, and now he actually accepted the call, went through the belly of the beast, comes out resurrected and when, I, when you look at this scene, what I want you to think of is this is what my finances could become. This is what it, they could feel like, that our relationship could become, our family could become, my health could become. I want you to feel what he's experiencing because the resurrection that he experiences metaphorically is the one that Jesus wants you to have literally in every area of your life. Thanks for listening to Brian Jones Sermons. For more information and to find similar articles on this topic and more, please go to Brian's website at brianjones.com.